WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 819. You're listening to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today the 11th of October. Our guest this morning from Ascision St. Thomas, it is Dr. Lindsay Keith. Dr. Keith, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, thank you. Well, I know this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and that being said, you have you're a surgeon. You do surgeries uh, for those who are breast cancer uh, survivors and and whatnot. So, I guess just start off telling us a little bit more about your background and and what you see day to day. Sure. Uh, well, my background is that I'm um, trained as a, a general surgeon, and then I did an extra year uh, after. Uh, general surgery residency in what's called a breast surgical oncology fellowship, um, which is basically a whole year dedicated to managing, learning about, and um, uh, uh, taking care of breast cancer patients as well as some benign breast disease as well. But basically it's all about taking care of breast health. So I did an extra year uh, after training uh, for that, and that's why that's my specialty now. Uh, what I see on a day-to-day basis is truly the full breadth of uh, breast surgery. So, again, benign breast diseases, uh, issues with breastfeeding, um, and then, of course, uh, breast cancer management from diagnosis um, all the way through treatment to survivorship. Well, finding lumps of any kind is alarming. There are a number of, I guess, lumps that can be found that are not breast cancer. So I guess to start the show off, Uh, Not to scare anybody, but if they do feel something that does feel unusual, it is definitely important to get it checked out, but not to put yourself in that place of worry right away. Correct, yes. Um, The good news about breast cancer is for the most part, the majority of them are um, slow growing. Uh, And obviously there are a subset of breast cancer that are very fast growing, um, but those become hard to ignore uh, over time as they grow fast because you can, you know, a person can tell that they're changing. But most breast cancers are uh, relatively slow growing, um, and that's why if you find a mass, I would my my advice to patients is always, if it persists or lasts for more than two weeks, don't ignore it. Go get some imaging done, and the imaging is really the imaging that you need is sort of based on your age. If you're less than 20 years old, I'm sorry, less than 30 years old, you would start with just an ultrasound just on the one side where you feel something. Ultrasound is going to tell kind of if it's a solid mass or a cyst. Uh, the cyst, a cyst or a benign mass is by far and away the more common thing that you're going to find in that age group. But if you're over 30, it's truly going to start with a mammogram on both sides, plus or minus an ultrasound if they feel like they need to do something more to look that area up. Um, and so that's kind of where, where imaging comes into play. If it lasts more than two weeks after your um, you find something, don't delay, go get it checked out because breast cancer is always found, uh, breast cancer is best treated if it's found early. It's going to be a lot easier to um, to fix it if, um, if it's caught early. So number one, definitely don't delay in following up with the doctor after you do feel something. And uh, it sounds like you're saying wait for about a week to two weeks to see if it does go away. And if it doesn't, that's when you need to actually go into the doctor and 
find out more about what's going on. Correct, because really, that, I say two weeks because um, if it's an infectious issue, sometimes infectious issues will resolve on their own. They'll just go away on their own. Uh, or if it does, if it's an infectious issue and it's not getting any better, then most likely you have an abscess or some sort of mastitis or something like that that needs to be seen by a doctor and treated by a doctor who will be able to lay eyes on it and basically kind of give their level of concern that it might not be just an infectious issue. Again with us this morning, Dr. Lindsay Keith, breast surgeon with Ascision St. Thomas. And is it a, a hard lump that is more concerning or is it the softer, like a soft lump that you can actually move around? What is it that should be or should raise more red flags? Soft and mobile is always a good thing. So soft-ish. I mean, sometimes you can have some benign masses that are somewhat firm and that you can feel them, but mobile is really kind of the key. It kind of rolls around under your fingers. Cysts will do that. Fibroadenomas, which is a benign tumor in the breast, will do that. Sometimes lipomas or little fatty tumors will do that as well. All of those are benign, not concerning. Um, but a, um, an area in the breast um, that is sort of firm and what I call fixed, meaning it kind of doesn't really move around a whole lot in the breast, it sort of moves with the breast, uh, that would be concerning for a cancer. And, of course, cancer treatments have changed greatly over the last year. Well, I'd say over the last 20 years or so. I mean, we're talking about some major improvements in helping those who are battling cancer. Uh, but what are some of those improvements that you've seen since being a doctor? Absolutely. Well, um, since, since being a doctor, um, Obviously, the, the big improvements, I think, are in the medical oncology world, but talking you know, specifically about surgery, it's really the last 50 years that have um, kind of changed breast cancer care. A lot of listeners might be uh, familiar with a uh, radical mastectomy that used to be done where they remove the entire breast, all of the lymph nodes uh, and the muscle, and just kind of leave a very morbid chest wall appearance. But what they learned over time is that people would still die of breast cancer. So really, after the 1970s, a major major uh, study was done that basically compared that to doing less surgery, where you leave the muscle behind at least, um, and then they saw that the survival was essentially the same. People still, you know, people lived the same regardless of whether or not you did a morbid surgery or a less morbid surgery. And so that was really kind of the first mainstay uh, change when it comes to surgical management. And then since then, of course, we're doing less lymph node surgery. Sometimes patients can have a lumpectomy and kind of keep the rest of their breast tissue and overall keep a sort of normal appearance of their breast. Uh, and there's also been some, some strides and changes in breast reconstruction. Um, what I have seen here, you know, during my fellowship training, uh, a lot of the reconstruction was done where they put the implant under the muscle and kind of the newer thing, and the, in my opinion, the better thing uh, in most cases is to put the, um, an implant above the muscle when it comes to uh, breast reconstruction. So that has changed, you know, since I've been here, and it's, and it's wonderful. Patients have really great cosmetic outcomes. Now, when it comes to breast implants, does that impede on actually making that diagnosis of breast cancer does it you know the the implant does it get in the way of imaging or anything um, implants um, that are in place with breast tissue, meaning like an augmentation, they can make the diagnosis, the, the ability to diagnose um, a little bit more difficult just because uh, you still do mammograms uh, if you have implants in place, but they, if, if anybody's had these done, they will do kind of a, 
they'll uh, image the implant with the breast tissue and then of course they'll have to displace the implant and kind of look at just the breast tissue so depending on where a tumor or a mass is yes it can make a uh, diagnosis a little bit more difficult but uh, after a mastectomy with reconstruction uh, essentially physical exam becomes your new mammogram. Uh, at that point you don't have any more breast tissue or at least a very small amount of breast tissue that is not really going to be subject to a mammogram. So physical exam, sometimes ultrasound, sometimes MRI is sort of the mainstay of breast imaging after uh, you know, bilateral mastectomies with implants. Yeah. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. you know, but I still would follow those patients and looking for you know, uh, a chance that it might have come back you know, kind of where it was before. Now, I noticed you said that for women who do go through breast cancer, the treatment and everything, and if they do mm-hmm. decide to get implants after going through that cancer treatment, you said not to get those implants under the muscle, but instead over the muscle. I'm, I'm curious, is there any danger in getting it under the muscle to begin with? Well, um, I, I wouldn't say that that's like a, you know, it's case-by-case scenario, of course. Um, there's a lot of uh, things that come into play whenever you have to decide to put it under the muscle or over the muscle. I would say the majority of reconstruction, at least here, um, is done with it above the muscle. There are still some reasons to put the implant below the muscle. So I don't want to say that you should never have it uh, put below the muscle because it's a kind of an individual scenario there. But uh, what I will say about the um the reconstruction when it's put below the muscle, um, just because of anatomic issues, it tends to make a breast that's a little bit more rounded, kind of higher up on, on the chest wall and sort of um, people feel like it's sort of riding up under their chin. Whereas when you put an implant, and obviously there's limitations to that, uh, to the size as well, because when you put an implant under the muscle, there's only so much space to go. Whereas if you uh, have an implant that's above the muscle, you can almost, for the most part, um, mimic what the patient had before. And of course, that's an individual case-by-case scenario as well. Um, Implants are only so many sizes. So if a a woman comes in with a very large breast, she's going to have to kind of settle for a little bit smaller breast, but at least something that she's comfortable with. Again, talking with Dr. Lindsay Keith this morning and uh, focusing on breast cancer and lymph nodes. I I know that's another item that you did bring up, and it seems like... Like whenever someone has swollen lymph nodes, it is, well, typically seems like that would be a sign of concern that there may be something going on, but you may not be able to figure out what right off the bat. Correct. Um, I would say that most breast cancer, uh, uh, to this day, most breast cancers are diagnosed early where there is no lymph node involvement. Um, and the better type of, uh, of breast cancer that you have, the less likely that there is going to be lymph node involvement. But um, a, sometimes women do present with a lymph node that's swollen or enlarged, and that's, that, that's something that's concerning to them. Um, it's a, a tender, painful lymph node is far less concerning when it comes to breast cancer than a painless mass underneath your arm or a painless lump underneath your arm. Usually lymph node... Um, Involvement, meaning lymph cancer in the lymph nodes is not painful. You just feel a lump under there that's that's concerning. Now, for the outside world who uh, has taken any type of health-related class throughout college, lymph nodes is one of those areas of discussion that uh, always gets brought up in some form or fashion. But is there a chance of cancer spreading into the lymph nodes and other areas of the body with the start of breast cancer or breast cancer involvement in the lymph nodes? Yes. So uh, most, most of the time what happens is a patient will have a mass in the breast, uh, and if it's allowed to continue to stay there and grow, it'll, of course, it'll, it'll, it'll follow the same 
pathway of drainage that like infection would. So it'll usually go to the lymph nodes first, and then it can spread by the blood to other places in the body. Um, but um, usually limited lymph node involvement um, is, I don't want to say it's expected because you hope that it's always negative because that usually means that there's less likelihood that it'll spread to other places. Um, but it's, it's almost an expected location for breast cancer to go, and so that's why it's still part of breast cancer management. Uh, but certainly, yes, it can spread via that route to uh, other places in the body, which is technically metastatic disease or, or you know, where it has spread to other places in the body that it does not belong. Uh, Dr. Keith, I recently read through the uh, CDC an article they have talking about one out of every 100 breast cancers diagnosed in the U.S. is found in a man. So men can get breast cancer as well. Absolutely. Uh huh. Um, and it's an automatic indication to go ahead and look at that person's genetics, uh, meaning um, for a man to get breast cancer is still technically weird. Yes, it can happen. So we, we kind of look into other reasons why it might happen, as a, uh, such as a, a gene mutation that that person uh, inherited from one of their parents. Um, so that's one of the first things we do is try to make sure it's not a genetic issue. Um, currently to date, in the five years that I've been here, I have two male breast cancer patients. One did have a gene mutation. The other did not have a gene mutation. Um, so that kind of tells you where where, uh, where that lies. But uh, but ultimately, breast cancer in males usually, um, just kind of in general, is, is diagnosed a little bit later um, than if you were to compare a woman of the same age because of the lack of screening. Uh, there is no screening in men, even with the gene mutation. Um, and usually men will sort of delay coming to the doctor because the last thing that they think it is is a breast cancer uh, until it's, you know, usually a little bit larger, a little bit uh, farther gone uh, than a woman, compared to a woman of the same age. Now, I, I know you did mention, depending on how old a person is, should kind of determine what direction they should head as far as uh, when to get that mammogram or, or when to get something, something else more intrusive even, I guess. But sure. what age should the average female start getting a mammogram? Average female uh, with no family history or very limited family history um, should start getting screening mammograms at the age of 40. Um, and there are some, some caveats to that as well. Uh, in patients with lots of family history or at least more than two people with a family history of breast cancer um, or, and or other associated cancers should really kind of talk to their primary care doctor or their OBGYN to see if they should do something called high-risk breast cancer screening. But average general population is a bilateral screening mammogram at the age of 40 and once a year. Now, I know in this day and age, some out there who are listening and, and some of our listeners may have actually done this, but some people who know breast cancer runs in their family, maybe their mother, their grandmother, both had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. They will take kind of, uh, I guess, active steps in making sure they don't get it by actually having some type of surgery beforehand before they're ever even diagnosed with breast cancer? Sure. Um, there, um, there are a host of gene mutations, really the kind of eight you know, high-risk breast cancer genes uh, where you could consider that, but the two biggest risk, um, actually three biggest risk uh, gene mutations are the BRCA1 and 2, uh, as well as what's called a TP53 gene mutation. Those are very high-risk breast cancer um, genes, and that's when women typically will explore the option of a prophylactic surgery before they're ever diagnosed with a breast cancer. And that can be done with or without reconstruction. Uh, without reconstruction, 
um, you know, recovery is a little bit quicker, but obviously you trade that for not having, you know, anything that resembles a breast unless you wear a prosthesis. With reconstruction is usually uh, what's done just because that tends to be in younger women uh, who find out that they have this gene mutation. Um, and then, you know, that's, that's, that's a, um, a, a surgery they could do to prevent a breast cancer. Now, the tests being done in order to determine if, if you have this gene, if you, uh, you know, are on that path to possibly mm-hmm. one day developing breast cancer, is this a very common test that somebody who's a general practitioner could do at their office? They can, um, but I always tell patients that there's some, there's some pros and cons and risks of kind of knowing what's in your genes, if that makes sense. Um, um, obviously, with a, a young patient under 45 years old or under 60 with a certain type of breast cancer, um, it's kind of an automatic, hey, we need to figure out why this happened because technically you're, too, you're not necessarily too young for this to happen, but obviously we need to look into your um, genes to see if there's a reason why this happened. Um, but certainly, um, I do see patients who have had genetic testing with their OBGYNs or their primary care physician, and then they, you know, discover a gene mutation, and then they come to me to kind of discuss the options. The first thing I usually do with those patients, um, if they haven't had it already, is, is start some imaging, because obviously we want to make sure that they don't have a breast cancer that's actively going on right then and there. Um, so we usually will do that, and then we'll discuss the options of um, either doing high-risk breast cancer screening, which is, you know, mammograms and MRIs alternating every six months, uh, depending on their age. Um, and then um, obviously at some point, depending on which gene it is, we discuss uh, the possibility of prophylactic mastectomies. But um, again, most of those patients are pretty young, and so we have to kind of weigh in all the other issues uh, that are going on in their life. You know, are they married? Do they have any children? Are they done having children? Um, obviously for the purposes of breastfeeding. And furthermore, a lot of those gene mutations will tie in other cancers like ovarian cancer, fallopian tube cancer. Um, things like that that also have to be sort of managed all together. So as we close out this morning, I guess what are some of the key takeaway points that those out there listening should really pay attention to and should really follow and should really check with a doctor, uh, you know, to learn more about? Um, I think my biggest take-home message is um, if you find something, don't delay. Um, The hardest thing for me is to see a a breast cancer that has been neglected, uh, meaning it's kind of been left alone to sort of grow and become a problem because those are far harder um, to treat, not necessarily for me, but for the patient. They end up having to go through a lot more um, treatments um, and different treatment types in order to, you know, get rid of it as, also, as well as make sure that it doesn't come back. Um, you have to be your own advocate because, obviously, if, if nobody knows about it, they can't do anything about it, they can't help you. And so don't delay. Um, get seen, um, even if it's scary. Again, most breast cancer this day and age is curable, uh, and that's a great thing to think about as a curable breast cancer. And just out of curiosity, what are some of the youngest patients you have seen? And and then on the opposite end of that, what are some of the oldest patients you have seen and treated successfully with breast cancer? Yeah. Uh, Well, the youngest patient I have personally seen uh, is 24 or was 24, and she's alive and well. Um, I have heard of and are are kind of within the middle Tennessee area, a 20-year-old. Um, that person did have a gene mutation. Um, and then the oldest patient that I've personally taken care of is, she's currently 93 or 94 now, but I treated her when she's about 91. Uh, and she's also alive and well. Wow, that, that's awesome. So in her 90s and, and doing well, and she mm-hmm. was probably fairly healthy, I would guess, whenever she went in to get that treatment. Yes, yes, she was, and still is. 
Again, talking with Dr. Lindsay Keith this morning with Ascision St. Thomas. And if anybody wants more information, if they want to learn more, uh, where should they turn first? Um, well, the Internet's a scary thing to turn to because you'll get a lot of bad information. Yes, there's some good information out there, but ultimately the first place you should go is to your, to your primary care doctor or your OBGYN to have somebody look at something. Um, and, um, but if you're just wanting more information, uh, things like the American Cancer Society, Susan G. Coleman, um, or just make an appointment with me as well, and I'll explain whatever you want to talk about. Sounds good. Again, Dr. Lindsay Keith with us this morning, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Time right now is 8.40. You're listening to WGNS. And coming up on the next part of the program, we're going to be talking about Wine Around the Square, which is a a local event that takes place right there in front of the pre-Civil War era courthouse on the downtown square. And it's an event that is raising money to help fund things like mammograms for those who are underinsured or uninsured altogether and living here in Rutherford County and other outlying areas as well. So we'll talk about wine around the square and how you can get involved in that in just a few minutes. Time right now, 840. You're tuned to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, the 11th of October. Right now, that temperature outside, pretty cold. It's almost 50 degrees. I'll take that back. It just went up. Okay, so it's 54 right now. Just a second ago, it was 49. But now up to 54 degrees outside in downtown Murfreesboro. Today's high is going to reach all the way up to 80 degrees. We're going to have a mix of sunshine and clouds today. And uh, not as many clouds as we will see the sunshine But again, highs in the 80s today, right there at 80, in fact. And then tonight, cloudy skies, lows down to 58. Skies becoming partly cloudy on Wednesday with a slight chance of scattered showers Wednesday during the day. Highs reaching 84. That's for Wednesday. And that chance of rain is 25% on Wednesday. But again, tomorrow, high of 84. Right now, the time, 841. This is WGNS, the action line. More news and information coming up next. By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas' Restaurant. Hello, this is Amanda from Animal City inviting your family to come do business with my family. All of us at Animal City would like to say thank you to the Murfreesboro and surrounding communities for supporting this family-owned business for 32 years. When you come see us, make sure to check out our two full floors full of great pets and supplies to keep them happy and healthy. Animal City, for your dog, cat, reptile, bird, and much, much more. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Let's learn about Adams Place, the area's premier senior living center. 
We're talking with Terry Deal. What are the advantages of Adams Place offering different types of care? Well, if they're starting on the independent living side, when the time comes for them to go to assisted living, then it's just a natural progression on our campus to move to that next level of care. This takes a lot of the the responsibility off of the adult children having to make decisions for their parents because their parents have already made the decision. Adam's Place is what I'm going to call home, whether it is the independent living, the assisted living, or the continuing care, I'm still calling Adam's Place home. Adam's Place has a full calendar of events uh, in each of our different levels of care. What if you want to have friends over who don't live here? What I like to tell people is that when you move to Adam's Place, you really are not changing your lifestyle. You're changing your address. And if your lifestyle still includes friends coming over to play cards or to have a social event with you or family coming over to spend the afternoon or spend the night, that is what you need to continue doing. It's part of your lifestyle, and we want that to continue. This is Terry Deal. would like to invite you to come visit with us at Adams Place. Just give us a call, 615-904-9111. We'd love to show you around our beautiful community. Good morning. THB remains out here up and down. Sections of I-24 in parts of Rutherford County and especially Coffee County this morning. Still busy right now over on 41 near the Nissan plants. Just give yourself a little bit of extra time. I hear tons of radar. Hey, Obery Gatlinburg Restaurant and Lounge celebrating Oktoberfest for the rest of this month. Don't miss it this year. It's so gorgeous up there, uh, even despite the fire we had this weekend. Check it out at obergatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Good Neighbor Talk covers issues you won't hear anywhere else. They're local issues. WTNS, AM, FM, online. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. The older model car that you need to get to work? Yeah, we've helped with that. The HVAC unit that suddenly needs to be replaced? We've helped with that. Repairing your credit. Yes, we've helped with that. How about a second chance at a checking account? We've even helped with that. Experience the Heritage South difference. Learn more at heritagesouth.org. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. News time right now, 8.51. We are now changing subjects just a little bit to talk about Wine Around the Square, which is coming up on Saturday, October the 22nd. And our guest on this half of the program is Ascision St. Thomas Foundation Director Jeanette Dijon. Good morning to you. Good morning. So again, this is coming up, Wine Around the Square, on the 22nd of this month, and this is the first time it's been back in person since 2019 due to COVID. 
Yes, we are so excited to be back on the downtown Murfreesboro Square and um, and get to just welcome our community to raise money and um, awareness for this wonderful cause. Um, breast cancer just really, it touches so many lives. I know that um, everyone knows someone who's either battled it or um, they've lost a loved one. So we're just excited to, to bring this back to the downtown square. And just a little while ago, we spoke to Dr. Lindsay Keith, and she was talking about uh, the numbers of those who are impacted by breast cancer. And I know she didn't say this, but it seems like we're seeing folks who are younger and younger who are getting breast cancer. Yes, we um, get to honor some of our associates here at the hospital. And um, two of our associates were in their 20s. And that just, uh, to me, it, it's very young. So just um, being able you know to have access to mammography is so important and this event raises money to be able to provide that uh, we want every woman in rutherford county no matter ability to pay to be able to have access to that life-saving um, mammogram and uh, from this event it all the 100 percent of the funds go to power pink is our our big uh, fund that we support and um, and we have been able to provide 23,000 life-saving mammograms to women right here in Rutherford County, which is just incredible. Wow. And again, the power of Pink Fund, the money that all the donations go into from Wine Around the Square, which is on, again, the 22nd of this month, all that money that is raised and goes into the Power of Pink Fund, that helps to pay for things like diagnostic screenings, ultrasounds, MRIs. And then on top of that, it also helps to cover the cost of two mobile mammography coaches that serve, I think it's like 26 counties in this area. It is. Um, these are our really boots on the ground. Um, our mission of Ascension St. Thomas is really to meet our community and, and uh, where they are. And so this, uh, it, when you see it, it, it just, you know, it stands out. It's, it's a beautiful pink um, stagecoach, I guess you would say. And so it goes to 26 counties. We partner with um, a lot of industries so those women don't have to take off of work. Uh, and we go all the way down to Jack Daniels so those women can just step outside, have that life-saving mammogram, and then be able to go back to work without having to commute. So um, that's one thing that we are really um, just proud of those two coaches to be able to, you know, meet people where they are and give them that life-saving uh, mammogram. And of course, as lots of listeners know and understand, insurance, health insurance is very expensive these days. Some mm -hmm. people completely unable to afford it. Others, what they do have may not be uh, like a full insurance package like other folks do have. Um, so they may not have insurance that covers everything that's needed. And so this Power of Pink Fund, it helps out. It picks up in those areas where if somebody is lacking insurance altogether, it covers the costs that are involved with, with getting that, that maybe ultrasound, the MRI, whatever it is that is needed to make that diagnosis, right? That is correct. So on our coaches, about 40% of those mammograms are um, uninsured or underinsured women. And so we, uh, Ascension St. Thomas, um, we provide the funding for that so those women don't have to, um, you know, pay out of pocket for that. So, and then also um, our foundation through this Power Pink Fund, we support a cancer wellness program for these breast cancer um, survivors to go through a six-week program free of cost um, 
really get, you know, nutrition back, get their health back. Um, we give them a cancer book. So there's, there's many other things. Um, we help with gas cards to get to those chemotherapy appointments. Uh, we've even provided hotel stay for some of these um, patients who are traveling from out of town. So it's, uh, the mammograms is a huge piece of the funding of this Power of Pink Fund. Um, but we do so many things to really help um, our patients here at Ascension St. Thomas be able to, you know, loop those barriers that they're having to deal with every day because healthcare is expensive. Again, we're talking with Jeanette Dijon, the director of that St. Thomas Foundation. And again, the Wine Around the Square takes place October 22nd between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. And folks can actually buy tickets online for that event. Uh, but I'm curious, do you have any numbers as far as the number of mammograms that, uh, you know, this Power Pink Fund has funded uh, and then the number of those who were diagnosed with breast cancer uh, by, you know, by way of going through that Power of Pink Fund and maybe the mobile mammography unit? Yes. So um, in the past 13 years, we have raised over $2 million um, with this Power Pink Fund, Would is just incredible. That's money coming from our community. And um, as, as you know, we have a very, very generous philanthropic community. Uh, through those funds, we have been able to um, pay for over 23,000 mammograms. And out of that 23,000, we have um, found 93 diagnostics. Uh, diagnosis of breast cancer, and that is just here in Rutherford County. So that doesn't include um, the 26 other counties that uh, we serve through our two mobile coaches. Wow, so at least 96 confirmed cases uh, of breast cancer in Rutherford County alone, and uh, that Power of Pink Fund is what helped to find that diagnosis, I guess. Uh, really life-changing for sure. It is. It's um, 93 lives saved, which is just incredible, um, just in the 13 years that this fund has been in existence. And, and while I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, where can people go online in order to buy tickets for wine around the square? Sure. So tickets are $65. This includes a full meal. The Alley on Main um, is providing a, a great feast um, for our attendees. Uh, we also have a band this year, Chris Fair Band. They play at the 1230 Club in Nashville on Broadway and are going to bring just a, a incredible live entertainment seven-piece band. Um, and then Charlie Patel from Sins River Total Beverage confirmed yesterday we have 194 different spirits to taste. Um, so this is wine, beer, liquors, uh, everything that you can imagine. So our progressive um, kind of walking around the downtown square, uh, those tickets, again, are $65, and they can go to winearoundthesquare.net um, to purchase those tickets. And in closing, we have about 35 seconds left. I know you always have some type of honoree. Who, who is that this year? Yes. Um, so last year was our 10th year to do this, but with COVID, we kind of had to take a pause. So we really, every year we honor a breast cancer survivor, but um, this year, uh, Drs. Max and Mary Moss um, both went into retirement. As you know, Dr. Mary Moss was an OBGYN for many, many years, and this, you know, screening for breast cancer is a big part of her job. Uh, on the other side of it, Dr. Max Moss um, worked for Premier Radiology his whole life, and so he was looking at those images and diagnosing um, those breast cancers. So even though they, they too have not battled, um, 
you know, breast cancer, they were instrumental in the fight and, and, you know, with the patients who were having to go through this. So we were are so excited to get to honor them this year and just um, their lifetime commitment to, uh, to this, you know, horrible disease, uh, illness. Again, with us this morning, Jeanette Dijon with the Assyrian St. Thomas Foundation. And once more, Wine Around the Square taking place October 22nd right here in downtown Murfreesboro. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. That time right now is 9 o'clock. Local news comes your way next right here on WGNS with Ron Jordan. Stay with us. More news and information to come. This is WGNS Murfreesboro.